God bless America. This is the Jeff Daly Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me Hefe. This is episode 16. And episode 16 is titled The Wrong Black Eye. And for this episode, I'll be discussing former President Barack Obama. The former president made comments on Senator Tim Scott and his run for, for the presidency. We'll talk about that. Rapper, rappers Jim Jones and Pusha T are headed for a collision course. Pusha T has responded to comments made by Jim Jones in a new new track which he premiered at the Louis Vuitton show in Paris. We'll talk about that. Russell Simmons is at odds with his ex-wife Kumarli Simmons and their children. Uh, on Father's Day, things got heated and things are still ongoing. We'll talk about that. This is the Jeff Daly Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me Hefe. This is the Jeff Daly Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me Hefe. Welcome. Thank you guys for listening. I took a, I took a, about a month long hiatus. I'm back. You know, I, I noticed that there, there's, there are some podcasters that are getting canceled and, and they're not continuing. They have seasons. I don't follow any of those platforms. You know, I own all my stuff. I do all my, my production and, and everything. But I, I, I think it's very interesting seeing that there are podcasts that, that, that can get canceled. I mean, it's a new space. It's, it's a space where people, you're, you're, you're able to express yourself and, and establish, you know, uh, yourself as a brand. And surprisingly, there are people that allow, are putting themselves in positions where they can be canceled. <laughs> Fascinating. Uh, prior to the podcast, one of the more interesting cancellations was, was Spike Lee's She's Gotta Have It, which was canceled after two seasons on, on Netflix. And I thought that was, I thought that was peculiar. You know, that, that, you know, people could have their, their, their ideas and their products dismissed in a space that's, that's free and open to everybody. But, uh, it is what it is. But I'm back. I, I took I took a break for about a month. I've been working out, you know, uh, a lot this year, and you know, I, I was a bit burnt out. So I took I took a month break from recording, and uh, I'm back. You know, I made great progress in the gym, and uh, I'm very proud of that. Very proud of the progress that, that I made in the gym. Now, the title of the show is called The Wrong Black Guy. And, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Justice Clarence Thomas. I've been studying his life more and more. You know, I started years back. I've mentioned this in previous episodes, you know. But I'm getting more and more into it. And, and part of the reason is, you know, I, I've never... F- I've never seen uh, a black man so disliked by his own people. I haven't, I've yet to to see a black person say something complimentary to about Clarence Thomas. I haven't yet. And, but just seeing how, you know, my people interact with one another, it, it made me just want to know, well, is what everyone's saying true? 
And obviously it's not, you know. So I've grown in admiration for him more and more. The more I study him, the more I see the things that, you know, we have in common. And just some of the obstacles that, that he's gone through. And I think it's, it's a lot of black men will relate. Not all, but there is a, a portion of black men in America, and maybe black women too, that will be able to relate to Clarence Thomas if they knew about his life. So I, I read the, his book, uh, Created Equal, but I, I also watched the documentary. And, you know, one of the more bigger controversies in his life was the Anita Hill scandal, which came about when he was nominated for the Supreme Court Justice. And when he was nominated, folks came after him every which way possible. And in response, you know, as he was processing all of the attacks that, that he, was, he was experiencing, he realized not only was it a high-tech lynching, he was the wrong black guy. The reason why he was being attacked was because he was the wrong black guy. He didn't think like the other black folks did. He didn't say uh, what they said. He didn't say what, what they wanted him to say. He didn't think the way they wanted him to think. And because of that, they were not going to support his nomination and they were going to find, they were going to attack him every which way possible to ensure that he did not become Supreme Court Justice. Anita Hill becoming the, the, the final uh, tactic that they used. None of it, uh, while it may have tarnished his name in, in, in the eyes of some, it did not derail him from, from becoming Supreme Court Justice. So that's where the title comes from, The Wrong Black Eye. We'll talk, talk about that more as I get into the first story. Former President Barack Obama has made comments in regards to Tim Scott. The former president appeared on a podcast uh, of his former senior advisor, senior White House advisor, David Axelrod. And David Axelrod asked him about Tim Scott. And he provided his commentary on the presidential hopeful. If you're unfamiliar, Senator Tim Scott is running for president uh, of the United States. He is the only black conservative senator. He's representing uh, South Carolina and uh you know, the former president had some thoughts on it. When he was asked about it, the former president said, Scott was not offering solutions for how to tackle systemic racism within our country or acknowledging the difficulties black Americans face. He went on to say, and, it, and so if a Republican who may even be sincere in saying, I want us all to live together, doesn't have a plan for how do we address crippling generational poverty that is a consequence of hundreds, hundreds of years of racism in the society? And we need to do something about that. If that candidate is not willing to acknowledge that again and again, we've seen discrimination and everything from getting a job to buying a house to how the criminal justice system operates. If somebody's not proposing, both acknowledging and proposing, some, if somebody's not proposing, both acknowledging and proposing elements that say, no, we can't 
just ignore all that and pretend as if everything's equal and fair. We actually have to walk the walk and not just talk the talk. If they're not doing that, then I think people are rightly skeptical. This was uh, published in The Hill. Uh, I didn't hear the podcast, but I do see just, you know, a lot of confusing uh, words in there, but uh, maybe that's how he spoke. Tim Scott responded and mentioned that the only reason the president uh, made that comment is to bring down his numbers. He, he's, he's just used by Democrats just to attack black conservatives. That's it. I don't, I don't disagree with, with what Tim Scott says. You know, just going back to, you know, the wrong black guy. At the NAACP met with um, Clarence Thomas and they said to him, we're not going to oppose you. We're going to stay neutral. Understanding that they were on you know, different sides of the aisle. And then soon after, they, they came out and they attacked them. They attacked them because they wanted to, to, to be in front of the feminists that were against them. And understanding that, I can see why, why Barack Obama would make those comments about Tim Scott. It's no different than, than you know, the former president, uh, Trump, going after DeSantis. He sees a threat. Tim Scott can do something remarkable for, for black Republicans. He's, a, he's in a position where he can introduce ideas and educate those that are unfamiliar, those that are, that are under the grip of Democrats and only subscribe to what Democrats say because there's, there's a, the majority of black people subscribe to what Democrats say. So if Tim Scott is in a position where he can address certain issues and speak to certain topics in a manner that's uh, eye-opening, for black people, they, they're in a position to, to leave the Democratic Party. And, and if that happens, Democrats won't have control over the black community anymore. So the former president has to make the, those comments. I don't dislike Barack Obama. You know, I voted for him twice. I, I understand what he did in his, in his position. He, he, he inspired a generation and he, he opened the doors for people after him to, to one day, be, for black people after him to one day become president. So I respect him for that. Did he, did he do anything to, to improve the lives of black Americans and black people in America during his eight years? No. Things were, I don't think anything changed in those eight years. I think his presidency was more about gay people and, and white liberals than, than it was for black people. But he did uh, carve out a path. I think Tim Scott, on the other side of the aisle, is doing something very similar. Where he's carving out a path. He may not be the president, but he is setting the stage. He is carving out a path for those that are coming after him to become a black Republican president. And I think that's that's 
commendable and I think that should be acknowledged and that should be respected by a lot of people. For the there are those that, that don't know any better and they'll attack his appearance, they'll attack his his physical features just to make themselves feel good or to think that they're doing a good job. All it shows is their ignorance. Because what he's doing, he's doing great work. He's actually pushing his people forward. You know, and I and I support him. I was talking to a friend earlier who who mentioned the possibility of Tim Scott being a vice presidential candidate. Now I'm not against that either. I think it would be great for black conservatives. Not only great for black conservatives, but it would be great for America to show to show the world that we're not just one-sided. You know, to show that white conservatives are not racist. Because that's the stereotype. If you're white and you're Republican, you're racist. They've been using that since for as long as since Reagan. That's as far as back I, I can go. But they always try to tie white Republicans to racism, which is ironic when the Democratic Party is, is actually the party of slavery. You know, they, they play the, the House Negro and the Phil Negro card when the House Negro is usually the ones that are the complexion of Barack Obama, Hakeem Jeffries, those type. So they, 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 they try to reverse things to make, to, to make themselves look good, but it's really not the truth. I think Tim Scott is in a good position to change that. You know, he appeared on The View and, you know, the black host, Sonny Hostin and Whoopi, did not give him a fair shake. While, while Sonny is, is married to, to, to a black man, Haitian, same can't be said about Whoopi. She's been married and divorced three times, all to white men. I don't think she has a respect or love for black men. I don't think she, she she's in any position to make those comments. Same as Kamala Harris. You really have to look into that. Because you have you have a people who cry and they scream and they protest anytime a black man is shot by law enforcement. Take the race card. But when a black man is doing something outside of the ordinary, outside of what they're, they're used to, they never support it. It says what it says. I want to see how far Tim Scott can go. And, and I support and I support his, his candidacy. No. One of the things uh, <laughs> Barack Obama's comments, it, it, it made me think about, you know, his eight years and it made me wonder, would he have become president had he not been biracial? The black wife. If he was 100% black, black mama, black daddy, with a black wife, would he become president? Based off how Democrats function, I doubt it. I doubt it 100%. It's very clear how things are going when it comes to Democrats. They want, they want tan, they want mixed people in positions of leadership. 
They want black and white together. They want black women with white men and white and um, black men with white women. Want to dilute the race so they feel like they are a part of something. So I think uh, Barack would have had a chance had he not been biracial. And that says a lot. If you look back at the history of the Democratic Party, you'll you'll understand that the more. Furthermore, and I want to wrap up with this, I don't think if the roles were reversed, Tim Scott would would have made a comment about Barack Obama. If the if the roles were reversed, if the shoe was on the other foot, Tim Scott doesn't make that comment. And if you, if you follow black conservatives, maybe because they, they, they are minorities amongst minorities amongst minorities, they have a bit, they're a bit more humble. But they don't, they're never the ones to attack black people. I can think back to Byron Donalds and his response to one of the members of the squad. And he's like, you're, he said to her, you know, and it was one of the, it's, it's the second episode of, of the Jeff Lee show. And he was responding to it to one of the members of the squad. Her name escapes me at the moment. But he says, you're a black woman. I would never do that to you. But yet you stand here and and, and because um, my, my position is being elevated, you want to speak out against me. If you see a black man rise, let the man rise. You see a black man doing good, let the black man do good. Why do you have to come out and say something negative about a black man? Because just because you don't agree with him. How does his success impact you negatively? How does Tim Scott running for president have a bad impact on, on, on Barack Obama? You served eight years. You could have said no comment. You could have not answered the question. You could have told your former senior advisor, don't ask me any questions about Tim Scott. Why do you have to give your opinion because a black man is making an effort to better himself, to achieve, to get, to go higher, to contribute to America? Why do you have to give a negative opinion? If it were the other way around, he would not do it. That's one of the things that exists in the Democratic Party. Is, is that gang mentality. And as much as, as, as they, they say they're for black people, they really aren't. Because if you are for black people, if you truly believe in equality and you believe in uh, what you say you believe in, what you stand for, you wouldn't be going after it, Tim Scott. It's not a threat to you. You served eight years. You have your family, you have your money, you have your riches. He's, he's in a position where he can introduce ideas and he, he can he can he can he can enlighten people that, that need that need it. Share your thoughts with me. What do you think of President Obama coming after Tim Scott? Share your thoughts on. This is the Jeff Delee Show. I'm Jeff, my friends call me FA. This is the Jeff Lee Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me Hefe. 
rappers Jim Jones and Pusha T are headed towards a collision course. Pusha T has, in a sense, responded to Jim Jones, who commented a couple of months back that Pusha T was not a was not should not be on the list of top fifty rappers. And then he doubled down on it. He had appeared on on a podcast known as Rap Caviar. Then he appeared on the uh, nationally syndicated The Breakfast Club. And where he doubled down that Pusha T was not a top 50 rapper. And no one wanted to dress like Pusha T. No one wanted to be like Pusha T. And so on and so on. Well, Pusha T has responded. If you're unfamiliar, Jim Jones is, is a rapper. He's part of the, he was or sometimes is part of the rap, rap collective, the Diplomats, alongside uh, Cameron and Juice Santana and Freaky Ziki. While Pusha T is one half of the rap group, The Clips. Pusha T responded with a diss track, a subliminal diss track at the Louis Vuitton fashion show in Paris. The song was played as Pusha T walked the runway alongside his brother No Malice with, with uh, spectators like Jay-Z, Beyonce, Rihanna, ASAP Rocky, and uh, the head of LVMH. The internet quickly took to it, and there's, there's the possibility of, of a new record coming out from Pusha T alongside the, this current track. The beauty of, of Pusha T's response was one, it happened at the Louis Vuitton Fashion Show. If you're familiar with Jim Jones, Jim Jones has a record label and a brand called Vamp Life. And it's the, the letters, are, the design is very similar to Louis Vuitton. Instead of LV, it's VL. So the fact that Pusha T responded at the Louis Vuitton Show says that. The fact that he's walking the runway counters what, what um, Jim Jones said about his fashion sense and people wanting to dress like him. The fact that he was before Jay-Z, Beyonce, you know, maybe the top of the top of hip-hop culture sends another message. The fact that it was a Pharrell show who was uh, a hip-hop icon. I mean, he's done so much for the culture. Send another message fact that he's alongside his brother who he created classic albums with sends another message i mean it was as subtle as it was if you know you know okay now let's get into the to the lyrics itself you know some of the standout uh uh lines from that record pushy t says beware of my name that there's delicate. You know I know where you're delicate. Crush you to pieces. I'll hum a breath of it. I will close your heaven for the hell of it. You think it'd be valor amongst veterans. I'm watching your fame escape relevance. We all in a room, but here's the elephant. You're chasing a feature out of your element. Pushes he rap during the portion of the track. He then accuses... Uh, Jim Jones of wearing fake jewelry, rhyming, and those lab diamonds under inspection. The question marks block blessings. It's no tombstone in the desert. I I know by now you get the message. <sighs> I'm Team Pusha T. 
I like Jim Jones. Jim Jones has 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 put out a couple of great solo albums in the past few years. I mean, he's been he's made a, a good amount of music. I I didn't take to to the collaborative album that he had with Mano. But he's had a couple of solo albums that were really good. And he's contributed a lot to the culture. However, as Pusha T said, you think there'd be valor amongst veterans. You think there'd be some mutual respect because I don't see the two far apart from each other as far as success goes. As far as money, I don't see them too far apart. I mean, I may be wrong, but I don't see them on different levels from each other. But the fact that Jim Jones made those remarks, if I got a pick, I'm, I'm team Pusha T. As far as music goes, the clips have classic albums. Pusha T has classic albums. I can name Pusha T records. I can write Pusha T verses. I mean, the man has a great pen. He's a phenomenal writer. And he's he's found a niche and he's he's worked on it for years. You know, a lot of times people will say, well, he only raps about co- cocaine. Well, Martin Scorsese only makes mafia movies, gangster movies. That's what he's known for. At least that's what I know him for. And I don't think anyone else would disagree. He may have some other things in his filmography, but we know him for gangster movies. Wish it he was featured on a Justin Timberlake record, but we know him for cocaine-filled raps. Doesn't mean he's active and selling, but he's found a niche and he writes about it. And he's phenomenal at it. And he makes great music. I like that. It took me a while to to, to uh, appreciate it. It's almost dry. And the only reason I, I, I was hesitant on it while I listened to it was the fact that Pharrell wanted him to, to uh, step it up a bit. That's it. But phenomenal album. Furthermore, Grammy nominated. You know, Jim Jones made a mistake. And uh, he's going to take a loss. Pushiti has never taken a, a loss. I can't recall any, any losses to Pushiti's name. He, he's probably not a multi million selling artists not on but he doesn't take losses no losses I, I can think of Jim Jones and I can think of a few losses I can think of Rucker Park where where in Harlem he was attacked and assaulted by members of Brooklyn's Junior Mafia I can think of the the numerous fallouts with, with rapper Cameron I can think of the verses where 
he and his fellow diplomats were pretty much washed by the locks led by Jadakus. This would be another loss. Of course, there, there are some of those personal ones, you know. Pusha T is a married man. He found a woman that he loved. He married her as a child with her. I think just on a level of manhood, that's extremely respectable. While we know Jim Jones for his back and forth, where he's, he's never, he's never married the woman that he he's professed his love to, to the point where she had to propose to him. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot where you can dissect the two if you you want to go into it, and if you go that route, Pusha T is the guy. You know. Famously put Drake in his place. Drake has never recovered. It was an attempt to embarrass him, <laughs> to send some guys to beat up Pusha T. It didn't work in their favor. It just, it, it's, you know, he doesn't take losses. He's a talent. And, and he, from all I see, he, he's a stand-up, he's a stand-up guy. So I'm going to sit back and watch to see Jim Jones take this other loss. I'm sure he'll he'll you know joke about it, but it, business-wise, it's not going to be good for him in the long run. You know, share your thoughts with me. This is the Jeff Delee Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me FA. Jeff Delee Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me F.A. Russell Simmons is at odds with his ex-wife Kamali Simmons and their two children. If you're unfamiliar, Russell Simmons is the co-founder of Def Jam Records alongside Rick Rubin. He is giving us uh, the clothing brand Fat Farm. He is, he is probably one of the early men in hip-hop to to talk about being vegan, being a yogi, practicing meditation. One of the early ones to do so. He's inspired the likes of Jay-Z, Puff Daddy, Master P, one of the biggest entrepreneurs. He, he, he set the stage for Jay-Z to become a billionaire. While Russell Simmons never became a billionaire, his efforts opened the doors for the likes of Jay-Z, for the likes of Puff Daddy, and so on. He's a, he's a legend. He's the godfather of hip-hop. Well, he and his ex-wife are at odds over a business dealing gone wrong, and it's, it's tailspin onto his relationship with his children. Now this is nothing new, you know. When 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 married couples divorce, it usually has a negative impact on the children. You know, oftentimes you, one is bad mouthing the other, and the children are forced to pick sides. Comorally Simmons, since Russell Simmons has has remarried and 
her her husband a strange husband uh got himself into some trouble with the law and in order to pay back the government they had to sell shares in a business that russell simmons had with them you know they had this this uh company called new horizons and which had interest in celsius energy drink and russell accused his ex-wife of selling shares to pay back 44 million dollars owed to the government after tim was uh found guilty of uh what's the exact he pled guilty in 2018 of i believe it was some type of tax fraud something okay and he was forced to to pay back 44 million and paid the bond and that's they got the money they transferred the millions of shares from celsius which russell simmons has ownership in so russell sued and accused them of doing that illegally that's still that's still going through the court uh system so that's having having an impact now his children of course they're in the middle of it and on father's day uh ming did not uh, acknowledge russell rather acknowledge the mother russell got angry aoki fired back and screenshots of text messages and screaming incidents were posted online as well showing russell simmons in a bad light aoki i hope i'm pronouncing her name correct um but she you know she says her father needs help and that he's mentally ill that he has dementia and that he's he sent people to threaten threaten her and members of her of the family and so on and so on It's not, it's not a good look. Kamara Lee Simmons also uh, responded and gave her take and she was in tears. Russell apologized to the children and things are still ongoing. One of the things that I see is in this situation, one, it's a private situation that, that has um, become public which is never a good thing. But it it's really about money. Okay. Russell feels slighted. He feels that folks take, took advantage of him and he's fighting back. He was also a victim of the Me Too movement where women women have come out and accused him of sexual misconduct, which which ultimately led him to to just selling some property and moving to Bali. so these situations could be could be worked out that can make a man really upset because he's always in defense mode and i don't think his children will understand that and it becomes you against the world and that's what that's how it appears in this situation folks are not going to understand i'm looking at at his his social and he's celebrating his children who graduated harvard nyu i mean he's celebrating his children he has pictures of his children all over his social 
So it says a lot. You see him meditating, you see him doing all, all of these things. And folks, I want people to understand. And this, a part of that is not, I'm not a yogi, but I am vegan. And I do pray and I do meditate. And putting yourself in a position where you're enlightened and you're elevated spiritually. Where you're, you're in this, you're keeping yourself as pure as possible. One of the things you experience is how everyone around you is toxic. If, if people are not on that path with you, you'll see how toxic they are. And you can look at a Kamara Lee Simmons while Russell Simmons is accused of sexual misconduct. She has not fared well since their separation. She she's she's dated and married others. Uh, she's currently estranged from from her husband. From, from what reports are saying, maybe they're still together. Who knows? Her life hasn't hasn't been you know all roses. If, if she has to take money from her ex-husband to help her current husband, then things aren't, aren't, you know, all the way right. And if you have to deal with that as a vegan, as a yogi, as a person of prayer, as a spiritual person, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take you down a few levels. going to take you down. You know, I can think just in, in, in my personal life, just being in that elevator space and just having to interact with people that are not making those efforts. The only way to survive it is to uh, get rid of them. Because they will drag you down. They will drain you. They will, they will want everything that you have. One of the accusations that Russell makes is that they, <laughs> they're taking all his money. And that's one of the reasons for the lawsuits. And people do that. Kamara Lee married a fraud, a hustler, a scammer. This is a, this is part of the outcome. Russell is just a victim of the times. Times were part of that Me Too movement where women are emboldened. You you look at a woman in sexual harassment. You look at a, a woman in sexual misconduct. He fell victim to that. It wasn't like that before. You know, when he was in practicing yoga and do all these things, they wanted him. They wanted to be around him. When, when the times changed, they're all against him. I don't think he's in the wrong. I think he's a victim. He's not only a victim of the times, but he's also a uh, victim of, of, you know, the errors of his ex-wife. His children are caught in the middle of it because they're not, they, there's only so much that can be done on that. All right. But as, as someone who is vegan, as someone who, who's more spirit than flesh, who, who do not make those efforts, only way to, to maintain that level is to get rid of them and to cut ties and, you know, that's it. But when I saw this story, <laughs> I only thought, thought back to some family members. I was like, I cut off a lot of family members. The ones that never stop asking, 
always need favors, always need money, always need time, always need your energy. And never, as they say today, never pour back into you. All they do is drain you. All they do is want you to resolve their problems. All they want you to do is, is, is to be their savior. And they contribute nothing back. They do not pour back into you. They do not fill up your cup. They do not do any of those things to keep you solid and keep you whole. And if you can't, if you don't do what they need, all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're the bad guy. The only way to survive is, is to cut those people off. You know? It's spirit over flesh. If, in order for you to maintain all of that work that you've done mentally, physically, and spiritually, is to get rid of those that, that are not on that level, that, that are not taking that path. You know? The truth and it is what it is. But share your thoughts with me. What do you think of this Russell Simmons situation in regards to his wife and his children, his ex-wife and, and his children? Share your thoughts with me. You can email me directly, jeff at jdnewsusa.com. That's jeff at jdnewsusa.com. You can email me and uh, share your thoughts with me in regards to these stories, not only the Russell Simmons story, but also the other stories that are covered in regards to Pusha T and Jim Jones, and Barack Obama and Tim Scott. You can email me and share your thoughts with me. This is the Jeff Lee Show. I thank you for listening. Next time.